48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, LegCo's Finance Committee ends its first meeting in months without even selecting a chairman. Taxi, truck and coach drivers demonstrate to demand tougher action against protesters. And President Xi Jinping visits India as tensions rise between the two neighbours. LegCo's Finance Committee has met for the first time since anti-extradition protesters stormed the LegCo building on July the 1st. But despite a $70 billion backlog in funding requests, the meeting concluded without completing its first order of business, the election of a chairman. Janice Wong listened in. At one point, it wasn't clear whether the meeting would even begin, as pan-democrats led by Land Justice League lawmaker Zhu Hongdig protested to demand its scrapping. <laughs> Mr. Zhu asked those present whether they had heard about the case of a Chinese university student who claimed yesterday that she had been sexually assaulted by police officers. He said the public was very angry at the accusation and questioned how the meeting could go ahead and discussed one of the items on the committee's agenda pay rises for civil servants, including police officers. The meeting later got back on track as lawmakers put forward candidates for chairman. The pro-establishment camp put forward incumbent Chen Kinpo, while all the other nominees were from the pan-democratic camp. Some pro-establishment lawmakers accused the pandems of trying to delay the election. But one of the nominees, the Democratic Party's Helena Wong, said competition was good. The committee then set aside 130 minutes for hustings to allow the nominees to share their platforms. Several pandem nominees, including Mr. Chu, Al Nakhin and Gary Fan, took the opportunity to reiterate the demands and concerns of anti-government protesters. The meeting wound up before lawmakers could begin questioning the nominees, and the discussion will continue at a later date. A political commentator says the lack of dialogue between Carrie Lam's administration and the pro-democracy legislators will complicate the government's work in LegCo. Joseph Chang says Hong Kong people want to see funding granted as part of a process of returning to normality, but relations between the government and LegCo aren't healthy. Up till today, even since the beginning of the crisis in early June, there has been no effective dialogue between the chief executive and the pro-democracy legislators. And this is certainly not helpful in establishing a healthy executive-legislature relationship, facilitating the various processes, including the appropriation of government money in the legislative council. About 20 taxi, truck and coach drivers have protested at police headquarters to demand tougher action against protesters who they describe as rioters. They said their income had fallen by up to 30% since anti-extradition protests flared in June and they fear for their personal safety after a case in which a taxi driver was beaten up earlier this week after his vehicle struck a crowd of protesters. The group are members of the Motor Transport Workers General Union, an affiliate of the Beijing Loyalist Federation of Trade Unions. Peter Law is a member of a taxi association. Hong Kong is in a very uh, unstable situation. We take this chance to express our strong discontent with the terrorists, I call them terrorists, are destroying Hong Kong and they are destroying the public utilities such as MTRO. They block the roads with, with no reasons. And recently, we, uh, we know that there's a taxi driver in Chen Zawan, and he's involved in a traffic accident. But unfortunately, 
pulled out by some terrorists and seriously assaulted, and is nearly to have died. A Chinese university student who alleged sexual abuse by police says she has received threatening phone calls after she spoke out at a forum at the campus yesterday. She told a radio show that the calls came from mainland numbers. She said her personal information had been made public on the internet. Democratic Party lawmaker Helena Wong says the student's claims underlined the need for an independent inquiry into the policing of protests. Ms Wong also questioned whether the government had still not allowed pro-democracy lawmakers to inspect the Sanuk Ling holding centre where the student was held, while letting members of the Independent Police Complaints Council, or IPCC, visit. I don't know why. Perhaps they think IPCC uh, have more whole establishment member there, and they won't be as critical as the legislative councillor. Uh, from the uh, pro-democracy side. So I think it is uh, very unacceptable to decline our request to play a visit there. And I hope um, Lo Wai Chong would reconsider our request and to arrange such visit. The Secretary for Education, Kevin Young, says that the students' claims are serious and he urged her to provide police with more information. Speaking on a radio show, he also expressed concern about the large proportion of young people arrested in the past four months of anti-government protests. He said if their studies were affected because of their arrests, the government and the education sector would help them seek alternative schooling and counselling arrangements. India's Prime Minister Narendra Modi will host President Xi Jinping in the city of Chennai at a two-day informal summit. There have been tensions between the two countries since India decided in August to revoke the special status of Indian-administered Kashmir. Earlier this week, China called on India and Pakistan to resolve their differences over the region. Geng Shuang is the Foreign Ministry's spokesman. China calls on India and Pakistan to strengthen dialogue on disputes, including Kashmir, to enhance mutual trust and improve relations. Uh, in response, India warned China not to interfere. Both Mr Xi and Mr Modi want to strengthen their economic ties. Authorities in the Philippines have arrested more than 500 illegal workers, mostly from China, involved in telephone scams. Officials said the 542 foreigners were arrested on Wednesday in a raid on their company in Metropolitan Manila. They were involved in defrauding victims, mostly in China, by blackmailing or tricking them into sending out money. Last month, authorities arrested over 300 Chinese in western Palawan province, accused of being involved in illegal online gambling and other crimes. Two Soviet-born U.S. political donors connected with President Trump's private lawyer Rudy Giuliani have been arrested as they were about to leave the country. Lev Parnas and Agar Freeman face criminal charges stemming from their alleged efforts to funnel foreign money to American political candidates. Jeffrey Berman is the attorney for the Southern District of New York. As alleged in the indictment, the defendants broke the law to gain political influence while avoiding disclosure of who was actually making the donations and where the money was coming from. They sought political influence not only to advance their own financial interests, but to advance the political interests of at least one foreign official, a Ukrainian government official who sought the dismissal of the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine. 
Tens of thousands of people have fled their homes in northern Syria as Turkish forces step up their cross-border offensive on Kurdish-held areas. Turkish troops have encircled the border towns of Razalin and Tel Abyad. Turkey has defended its bid to create a safe zone free of Kurdish militias, which could also house Syrian refugees. Robin Fleming has been monitoring the situation for an independent news organisation based near the border. We believe that there are between 60,000 and 100,000 of people who have already been displaced just in these 24 hours, really. And we've seen with our on-the-ground team people leaving in trucks with all of their supplies, people leaving on foot, shepherds trying to leave with all of their sheep. It's a really massive amount of people crowding and clogging the streets. The United Nations Secretary-General Antonio Guterres has expressed deep concern about the situation in Syria, saying a de-escalation of the conflict is absolutely essential. In Washington, President Trump tweeted he could either intervene militarily, threaten sanctions or lead a mediation effort between Turkey and the Kurds. Mr Trump later told journalists he preferred the last option. We have no soldiers in Syria. We've won. We beat ISIS and we beat them badly and decisively. The last thing I want to do is bring thousands and thousands of soldiers in and defeat everybody again. We've already done that. So what we have is really two choices. You have the choice of bringing in the military and defeating everybody again, or you have the choice of financially doing some very strong things to Turkey. High winds in California forced energy companies to shut down power lines, fearing they could be damaged and cause wildfires. Hundreds of thousands of homes and businesses could be without power for days, including this shop owner. Because of the uh, power outage, so we opened the store and we used the car battery to power up our POS system and our open sign, so that way our neighborhood, our regular customer, can get their things they need from us. The Irish Prime Minister Leo Varadkar has said he can see a Brexit deal being done by the end of October. It would be after a key European Union summit, but before Britain is due to leave the EU. Mr Varadkar described the talks in England with his British counterpart Boris Johnson as very promising. We agreed not to get into the details of any proposals or discussions made, but on the timeline question, I think it is possible for us to come to an agreement to have a, a treaty agreed to allow the UK to leave the EU in an orderly fashion uh, and to have that done by the end of October, but there is many a slip between cup and lip and lots of things that uh, are not in my control. The United States has sanctioned members of the Indian-born Gupta family for operating what it calls a significant corruption network in South Africa. The Treasury Department accuses three Gupta brothers of bribery, capturing government contracts and misappropriating state assets. The BBC's Will Ross reports. These sanctions, which have been welcomed by the South African government, freeze any US-based assets belonging to the three Gupta brothers and the businessman Salim Esser. American and international firms with subsidiaries in the US are effectively banned from doing any business with these four men. They're accused of conspiring with the former president, Jacob Zuma, to get lucrative government contracts, leading to the disappearance of billions of dollars of public funds. The Guptas, who deny any wrongdoing, left South Africa in a hurry, and the scandal cost Mr Zuma the presidency. 
A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,387. That's 679 points up from the previous close. On the currency, the US dollar is trading at 107.96 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. The pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 76 cents. Now for sport, here's John Wong. Starting with football and Hong Kong struggles in 2022 World Cup qualifying continued as the SAR team went down 2-0 to Iraq and Basra. Although a loss, the scoreline was far from embarrassing for Hong Kong, with Iraq considered one of the strongest sides in Asia. In Tehran, thousands of women witnessed Iran's 14-0 thrashing of Cambodia after they were allowed to enter a stadium for a men's match for the first time since the Islamic Revolution four decades ago. The BBC's CF Ashmekdi Adlam was watching. It was a very momentous occasion for all the uh, females who had uh, bought those tickets, which were incidentally only sold online. No tickets were to be uh, sold at the stadium itself. They were jubilant. Some of them were crying as they approached uh, the stadium itself. Some of them had not seen a sports stadium ever in their lives because they were born after the revolution, which has, you know, is 40 years passing now. And uh, they all took a lot of photos and selfies. And a lot of that has been, you know, making the rounds on the social media. So it was a sense of jubilation but uh, this jubilation that uh, many women who have been trying to secure the right to enter stadiums have been you know have been uh, have been experiencing mm. it stood in stark contrast to the fact that the stadium itself was almost empty Belgium became the first nation to qualify for next summer's European Championships after Romelu Lukaku scored twice in a 9-0 victory over San Marino in Brussels. The Netherlands, meanwhile, sealed a dramatic 3-1 win over Northern Ireland in their qualifier, thanks to goals by Luc de Jong and Memphis Depay in their last 10 minutes. Two motor racing and organizers of the Japanese Grand Prix have cancelled their entire track program at the Suzuka circuit for tomorrow, including qualifying because of the approaching Typhoon Hagibis. Qualifying will be rescheduled to Sunday morning, with the race taking place in the afternoon as originally planned, if weather permits. The decision means the teams and drivers will just have two practice sessions today to prepare for Sunday. Another casualty of Hagabis was the Rugby World Cup. Organizers have defended their decision to call off two games, saying the safety of players and spectators is their priority. Italy's slim hopes of qualifying were dashed after their pole B game with New Zealand was cancelled. Leonardo Girodini broke down in tears after hearing the news. It was to be his final match after 104 caps for the Italians. Coach Conor O'Shea says it's been hard to take. 14 years given everything and sometimes it's in a difficult cause when you don't win all the games you want to. We're always kind of up against it but Leo Gerardini injured himself in the last game of the Six Nations. Uh, had spent six months uh, rehabbing, had spent time and months away from his family in, in uh, you know, doing that rehab and you never write your own script but they everyone's quite emotional today because it just it's not the finish you want you don't finish where you're in the dressing room win or lose together England's game against France was also scrapped but both sides are already through to the next round and that's your look at sport to end the news our top story again Legco's finance committee ends its first meeting in months without selecting a chairman the news from RTHK we care about our community to contribute to our home, stand for the District Council election. The 2019 District Council election will be held on the 24th of November. Submit your nomination form or nominate your candidate from the 4th to the 17th of October. For details, please visit www.elections.gov.hk or call 2891-1001.
A sunny morning. The smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home. Change, I can change, I can change. 